1: We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. The Guide to Goals Podcast gives you the tools, direction, and resources you need to pursue your passion project. I'm Deborah Eckerling, Project Catalyst, and this is the Guide to Goals Podcast. Our guest today is Jay Samet, and we're going to talk about disruption. Serial entrepreneur and best-selling author Jay Samet is a digital media innovator who's pioneered advancements in content distribution, social media, and e-commerce that are enjoyed by billions daily. Is it so awesome that that you've started so many things that have affected so many people?
0: Well, hopefully affected in a positive way, but it's (laughs) amazing we live in a time where each of us is just a click away from six billion people, so the impact that we can make can be as large and limitless as, as the imagination
1: why don't well first of all Jay hi welcome I just kind of jumped in there hey well, Thanks, what, thank you why don't you start by sharing a little bit more about your background and how you started getting so disruptive for lack of a better word
0: it's your word uh, well the, the simple the simple story was I bought into what we were told as a child of get good grades, go to school, do your part, and I came out when there was a recession and there's no jobs. And so you had to figure out a way to look at the universe differently. And once you figure out how to start your own company and you're making millions or whatever, you never look at the world the same. And what I've been fortunate is to get to work with some of the brightest people and creative people over the years and realized that they all followed the similar path. Not the same path, but the path of looking at the world not as it is, but as you can make it. And everybody, as you know, wants to change the world, but nobody wants to change themselves. So, you know, whether it was doing the first internet auction that blossoms into eBay, or working with Reed Hoffman and LinkedIn, or Ubu, very similar to Skype, which I took on, which went to be 100 million users, it's all about the same thing, which is solving problems. The more people you can help, the more successful you are.
1: And what was your first instance of disrupting? What was was your first, uh, I guess, win?
0: So I'd say the first major uh, insight that I had was at a time when Detroit was manufacturing uh, subpar cars. The Japanese were taking over the auto industry and the Japanese cars were so much better, they came with bumper to bumper warranties. And Detroit had to follow, but they knew something horribly wrong, that if they were paying for the repairs, they knew that half of all the repairs at a dealership were actually good parts being replaced with good parts. They'd keep on swapping good parts until they figure out what didn't work. But the consumers paid for this, and it was good business to have a bad car. So now that they had to pay for it, I was reading one day that... Ford was going to spend $600 million replacing good parts with good parts. I said, wait a second. What if I could make interactive training that would make it more efficient than giving 40,000 pages of documentation to a car dealership? And you could just touch a screen, click, and you could do a better job, and people would have better cars, safer lives. Everybody saves money, everybody wins. Obvious idea. Couple minor problems. One, I had never been to Detroit. Two, I knew nothing about auto repairs. Three, I had never made a training course. And I was just crazy enough to go out and say, let's do it. And fast forward, you were then changing the way cars are repaired globally.
1: Well, one of the things that I, I really love and admire about what you talk about is you don't have to do these things, you just need to know what, or rather, get an idea and get the right team together, right?
0: You need need two things to be successful in this world. Okay, let's go. You need a great idea Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and persistence. Everything else can be hired. So focus on the great idea, put it through its paces, and then disrupt you. That's what we talked about, how to kill that idea, how to destroy it, how to find everything wrong with it until you end up with a zombie idea that can't be killed, and then... How do you go ahead? How do you attract moths to a flame? A great idea will do that. And there is tons of capital. There are tons of bright people that know how to code or know how to market or know how to do what you don't. But you can't get to that stage of knowing what you don't until you really look at yourself. So the first person, the first thing that you have to disrupt is your own self-assumptions. And it's kind of like taking a scalpel and doing plastic surgery, but you're doing it on yourself. And we all believe that we can't, that we are limited, that we are not good at something. because course, this has been reinforced from a young age. Um Charles Sandberg wrote about, you know, women being told that they can't be assertive because then they're bossy and that's a negative thing. Or maybe you're not good at, at reading or you're not good at math. You can be good at whatever you want.
1: I believe that too. Yeah. yeah because it's and especially in the, this culture where there are fewer jobs and more entrepreneurs, yet kinda have to create what you want because it's probably not gonna be there anyway, right?
0: Well, the size of the scale of change is absolutely enormous. We're talking about a millennials, 2.3 billion. Mm-hmm. That is more in one generation than we on the entire planet when my parents were born. There are not going to be corporate jobs for all those people. And when you look at what's happening in the Middle East with ISIS, when you look at Greece collapsing, Spain. When you look at our own cities in the US, Baltimore and Ferguson, this is massive unemployment for those under 30. But what if we turned all those changes and obstacles into opportunities? What if you just really looked at, wow, the world is different. I can now create a business that can reach tons of people. I'm one click away from billions of people. I'm a nanosecond away from being a billionaire. It's that easy. (laughs)
1: <laughs> you you really do make it sound simple what what are what are like early steps what can people
0: so here, here's do a fun, to
1: get started yeah let's so
0: here's, here's the very first easy exercise. I will guarantee anybody that follows this exercise that they will have better deal flow than the biggest venture capital firm in Silicon Valley. Here's all you got to do. Write down three problems in your life. Pretty simple, but do that every day for a month. Now the first day, there are obvious things. Ooh, I was stuck in traffic, okay? But as the month progresses, you're going to have to notice deeper of what is a problem. Something that you didn't think is a problem that you just figured the way it always is. Oh, my suitcase is so heavy, okay? At the end of the month, you'll have 90 ideas and then figure out what applies to the most people and what would excite you the most. The traffic could be as simple as, wait a second, the mobile phone company knows where my phone is. It knows where your phone is. If it tells my car to go left and yours to go right, we've just cut the traffic in half. That was the basis for Waze, a billion dollar idea. It was bought and sold, it started by two guys. is stuck in traffic in Tel Aviv. You know, there were guys that couldn't pay their rent in San Francisco. They knew a convention was coming in town, so they said, let's buy some inflatable air mattresses and just rent out to make enough money so that we could pay our rent. That's Airbnb. It puts more people in bed each night than any hotel chain. So the concept is pretty easy. The follow-through was then how good's the idea, how to shape the idea, how to find the funding, and all of that is actually much easier than just taking that first step. In what way? Well, the first step is what stops everybody. Most people can't see the entire path so they don't know. The first step is that leap of faith. Mm-hmm. You know where you want to go, start wandering. Because here's what you're going to find out. That big idea that you had wasn't that good. Almost every successful business has pivoted. But it was that initial start that sent you onto the path less traveled, which means you discover things no one else has discovered, which then gives you an advantage because no one's been there. So I'll give you a great example. There were three young guys that when broadband came out, said, I'm going to change dating. They had a site called TuneIn Hookup, and instead of it being a still picture, it was going to be a video and voice. And you could, wow, get a sense of the person's personality. They are going to kill all the other dating sites they're going to win. They got the site up, and boom, nobody wanted to date these losers. Their business was a failure. But they looked at the data, Mm -hmm. and they saw that nobody wanted to date them, Every woman wanted to send a link to show her friends who these people were, and their friends, and so on, and so they changed the name of TuneIn Hookup to YouTube. Wow. Sold it, sold it for a billion dollars the first year in business.
1: So it's not just the first idea, it's you have an idea that goes to another idea that goes to another idea, and you see where it leads.
0: You start getting data and information Nobody knew the people wanted to share videos in that manner, user-generated content. But once they discovered it, they doubled down. We're on Skype. I used to run a company called Uvu, which is a competitor. We were the first ones to come up with up to 12 people being able to see each other and talk at the same time. Well, how crazy would it be for me to launch a startup and go up against Microsoft, which owns Skype, Apple, which owns FaceTime, and Google, which owns Hangouts the three wealthiest, most successful tech companies in the world. Yet 18 months later, a hundred million people globally are using Ubu. Why? Because we discovered what the other guys hadn't journeyed. We saw a new usage pattern. We saw that 14-year-old girls wanted to come home from school and talk to all their friends while they did homework. It wasn't about talking to somebody in China. And if you have 14-year-old girls, you know what that instantly gets you? 14-year-old boys, and so on and so on. The right. fact that it was 12 people on a screen meant that it was viral by definition. If you had it, you made sure all your friends had it, and so on and so on, and next thing you know, it just traveled around the world. It's easy.
1: Piece of cake. So what mistakes do people make when they're when they're on this path trying to create something, or a new business, or the next big problem solver?
0: So, mistakes are good, so failing is good because you're learning what doesn't work. Failure is throwing in the towel, so the biggest mistake that people tend to make is getting discouraged when things don't go according to plan. There's this false assumption that you are like Doc Brown and back to the future, that you just have the vision of the flux capacitor and this whole thing worked out, when there's no such company that's ever existed that way. What you have to realize is something's changed in the world. Something's giving you a new insight that we can now use a phone, we can now use this, we can now do something we couldn't do before. And as you start working with it, find out what works and what doesn't. Most people spend their money building something to a point and then finding out what doesn't work when they could very easily go and do what Jesus did. Get, how often do you hear that? Just do what Jesus did. Go get your apostles, go get a bunch of people that would use the app, would use your technology, would use your new suitcase. That seems to be the new Kickstarter thing today. Everybody's got the world's most amazing suitcases. You can charge your stuff, you can do this, you can lift the thing this high. Wheels that change the center of gravity. Problems that I didn't know that exist, and I live on an airplane, but I gotta tell you, I saw one yesterday and I go, I can't live without that suitcase. They solved the problem that I didn't even realize I had. Um, But that's what it really takes, is go and get users as quickly as possible before you start spending your money, because your biggest cost will be customer acquisition. And if you can figure out and prove what it costs you to get a customer, you can then tell that story to any number of capital sources that will easily give you. There's never a shortage of capital. Really? Yeah. The, the, my business failed because I couldn't raise the money is the entrepreneur's version of the dog ate my homework.
1: (sighs) I love that okay,
0: and it's it's true. So the amount of venture capital this year is twice what it's ever been It's all over 40 billion dollars Really wow. you couldn't raise any money somehow they deployed 40 billion, but you couldn't raise any I don't think there was a shortage of capital crowdfunding is another 20 or 30 billion Okay, and that doesn't count friends and family and institutions and private equity and family offices and my favorite source of money, OPM, other people's money. People that will give you money and don't want a penny back.
1: Those are nice. So where do we find all these people?
0: So you have an idea and you have a product. That product is aimed towards an audience, a specific audience. You want mm-hmm. for moms, you want for high school students, you know. In the case of us, we we were going uh, with Ubu uh, uh, at teens, okay? Mm-hmm. Who else wants to reach those people? Who would love to use your app as a way to get their message across? So I'll give you an example from my past. When I was uh, in senior management at a little startup with 170,000 people called Sony, we were late to the game going against iTunes. Apple had the iPod, Apple had the, had iTunes, Sony hadn't launched a store yet. How do you get people to come to your store? They're spending $100 million a year, and my budget is basically nothing. So, who are my audience that I'm going for, and who else can I solve for? To do a short version of the story, we discussed it and Disrupt You How to Think This Way, I looked at who else had a problem, and I ended up with two companies. One, United Airlines was coming out of bankruptcy, has nothing to do with music, right. and McDonald's, just suffered a movie called Supersize Me, and their sales were down. To put the pieces together in the interest of time, I went to McDonald's and said, I can make you cool again. Buy a Big Mac, get a free track. We put a code on every Big Mac. You spend the $60 million in TV commercials. You put the signage, you do the tray liners, you do the Happy Meal boxes. You make sure everybody that breathes knows about it. But the only way you can get your free song is you have to come to my site if you sign up as a customer and you get it for free, but you've now driven people into my store and my customer acquisition cost is zero. And at the same identical day that that campaign launches, I put Miss Cheryl Crow on a flight to do the first ever concert in the sky at 35,000 feet from Chicago to LA, built the plane with the press and made the lead story on the news because United would let you use your frequent flyer miles to get any music you wanted from the store. And that concert video would play on every fight that United had worldwide for a month. Wow. Game, set, match. Cost of that total, zero
1: dollars and zero cents. It's that easy. It's that easy. So what you're saying is there's always a way.
0: You just have to be persistent. So um, I had two students that came to me with a great idea. I I teach how to build a high-tech startup, and they wanted to do crowdfunding for commercial real estate, disrupt the $13 trillion real estate market. They launched in their very first year. They ended up doing $150 million. Now, from that success to here's a piece of paper in a classroom, they needed an event to get people to know that they exist, to rise above the clutter. So they knew my stories with Sheryl Crow, they knew this or that, sat down and brainstormed and could give you this short answer, here's the way you can deconstruct to solve it. Where can I find a whole bunch of press that have nothing to write about? Isn't that the definition? Yes. (laughs) So it turned out it was the first year that Coachella was going to be two weekends, which means 500 members of the press write about Coachella, sit for five days and write about Coachella. Right. But what does that have to do with crowdfunding of commercial real estate? Well, Cap- went to Hard Rock Hotel and said, Hard Rock, how would you like to be the first hotel to crowdfund your Palm Springs location? And let's take it to the next level that it's not just about making money in real estate, but since you're an owner and you have the owner's card, you get to use the owner's cabana at the pool. You get to the, go to the cool... Uh, Coachella parties at the hotel. You get discounts on food and beverage and you really turn this into having tons of people feel like owners, which means they'll stay at the hotel more, which means occupancy rates go up, which means the hotel makes more money, which means your investment's even better. And we made the front page in London. I mean, we we had, had news all over the world, which then drove thousands and thousands of people to become investors in crowdfunding real estate.
1: Awesome. So it's it's there. There's just, so everybody basically needs to have your brain and yeah. figure out the simple salute It's simple solutions to big it's problems. It's not.
0: It's not me, and I'm not special. Okay. You, you should- can learn how to wire and think this way. You were not taught this way, and the patterns of how you think you thought were permanently wired. And we talk about the the actual science behind this. I was raised and told I was stupid. I am dyslexic, so I couldn't compete in school on the same way, so when there's a group project, I'm dead if I have to read in front of the class, I'll be mortified, so I'll delegate that to you, and this to you, and da da da. I learned how to run a company to mask the fact that reading was very difficult. I'm lucky, I was given a gift of being dyslexic. You unfortunately weren't given that gift. Richard Branson was given that gift, Uh, Walt Disney was given that gift, you know. One out of three companies founded in the UK was founded by somebody with dyslexia. So it turns out our brains are actually wired to think this way. So I can't take credit for it. But there are exercises that you can do to teach yourself to think in a nonlinear way. To think backwards from a solution as opposed to an abyss. Well,
1: wonderful. Wonderful. Very, very helpful. And i I have your book, so I'm excited. I'm in the middle of reading it, and it's. It, but people who are listening, they they can get started now by writing down the three problems a day.
0: They can even do more than that. So uh, they can I, do
1: more than three a day.
0: No, no. But here's here's what I would do to help them be more successful right now. Okay, great. Um, I value that the greatest, uh, most precious asset anybody has is their time, and I thank you for listening today. And as my gift for you if you reach out to me at twitter at jay or go to jay i will send you for free the 40 page companion workbook that goes with the book so people can do the exercises as they go through it and and maybe this will help you on your journey and what's been really fascinating in the 21st century i didn't realize that you get to hear from all your readers people are posting pictures from tangiers morocco and and iceland and you know, a hundred countries. It's, it's, it's humbling. It's inspiring. You know, I just got one right before I got on here that somebody said, i have never read a book twice, but I enjoyed it more the second time. I mean, so the idea that I can actually shorten somebody's journey, ease the path, take some of what I've been able to learn. It's not that I was special or Bill Gates is special or Steven Spielberg or any of these people that you look at as, wow, how do they do it? This is how. And no one ever followed the path of another person. The people that really led and changed the world just believed in themselves.
1: It's absolutely huge. Huge, huge. Okay, just one or two more quick things and we're going to wrap up. Um, work-life balance. What do you, I know you're always traveling, especially with the book, but do you have any tricks to make sure you're not always on or working or,
0: sure. So in the book we talk about creating your disruptors map. You really have to write down and map out what are your goals, what is important to you in life. Mm-hmm. You know the purpose in life is to have a life of purpose, and maybe you want to have kids. Maybe you you have spiritual needs in in, in the religious part of your life. Balance that all out because you can't put things on hold and say. Oh, now that I've reached this destination, I'll have a family or now I'll have this. Life doesn't work that way. It's about the journey. And so in my case, I really wanted more than anything to be a father. That was more important than business or anything. I had kids very young. I stayed at home and ran my business from, from the house when they were little. They played, we played a game. The phone rings who can stay quiet the longest. So, you know, back then nobody worked out of their home Mm -hmm. and. You know, I involved them in that life, and I would take them out of school if there was something that I thought I was doing that would make them, you know, get more exposure. Uh, but that's part of the balance. Right now, yes, I would say my life is out of balance. Um, but I'm on a mission to try to change the way we think about the economy. Everything's always been growth more and more and more when the sharing economy, social, local, mobile allow more people to be empowered and more people to have a quality lifestyle than have ever existed before. And yet, you know, less than 1% of the population now has more than 50% of all the wealth. I'm not trying to redistribute. I'm not trying to give away. I'm trying to show people how malleable it is, how there is no longer a glass ceiling for anyone. It's all bits and bytes. Mm -hmm. So... You can figure out, and you don't have to be an engineer, you don't have to be technical, and if you're sitting there saying, well, I don't use technology, then how the hell are you watching this right now? Um, so, you know, a lot of people don't realize for all these things, putting the first video on a computer and and giant e-commerce things, I've never written a line of code, mm-hmm. right? There are better people to do that. There's better people to do everything. That's the secret to building an organization, hire good people and get out of their way.
1: that's fabulous okay so let's leave our our listeners and viewers with a with a couple goals I'd say to in addition to of course pick up your book and and tweet at Jay and there will be show notes with links to lots of different things thank you (laughs) I have my copy right here too
0: (laughs) also Uh, available in Chinese Korean Thai Vietnamese It's uh it's getting crazy, and audio.
1: So get started with your writing down your three problems a day for a month,
0: right? And well, find users of what you're trying to do, and start getting them as advisors to tell you what you're doing that makes sense and, and what doesn't make sense.
1: Thank you so much, Jay Samet, disrupt you for joining us on the Guide to Goals podcast. Thanks to everyone for listening, and go out and disrupt something you go get started and having the life you want take care take care bye bye
0: this podcast is heard along the marketing podcast network for more great marketing podcasts visit marketingpodcasts.net